You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hello and welcome to Modern Musicology. My name is Alan and I'm here with my co-host Anthony. Howdy. And our fellow co-host Rob is gallivanting around the country following bands. He saw at the night that we're recording, he saw Sparks last night. And who was he seeing tonight? Was it Nick Cave? Yes, yes, yes. Nick Cave. So Rob is on the road and not with us tonight, but we have a more than worthy replacement. And that is our good buddy, Cortland Lewis. Court, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, speaking of live shows, I got to see one a few weeks back. Uh, Coheed and Cambria came to Knoxville. And so wow. it was just good to be at a live show. Of course, I was. it was a Monday night and I had just gotten off work. And so I was standing in the back just kind of relaxing and people thought I was working there because i'm an old dude in khakis i was in my professor clothes and they're like uh they thought i was guarding this vip section and i was like no no i'm just i'm tired i am old (laughs) Uh, i'm I'm just enjoying the show right so court tell us a little bit about yourself and about the podcast that you do yeah so i'm a philosophy professor who uh, enjoys pop culture and fun stuff like doctor who and so i've written some books on doctor who uh, one most recent is Who Cares? My Life with Tom Baker from Cosmic Press. Woohoo! <laughs> and The Real Meaning of Doctor Who uh, from Open Universe. So I do a lot of Doctor Who stuff. I also do the serious academic stuff with my work with the Concerned Philosophers for Peace. And um, I have a book on forgiveness. And then I co-host a podcast, The, the Rock and Metal Profs, uh, with a fellow uh, professor, historian, Matt Oshbach. And yeah, I've just been involved with, with music most of my life, playing it, attending concerts. And that's kind of how uh, the podcast got started, where uh, I was actually attending an Anthrax concert and th- at my new job. And one of my coworkers, Matt, was like, wait, do you like heavy metal? <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> uh, so then we started talking about metal music and over the years, it was actually, we were coming back from uh, the last in-person Lanta, mm-hmm. and we were discussing uh, the merits of, of several albums and the concept of filler tracks, and we were like, let's do a podcast. So we started that uh, in the 2020, the pandemic year, and we look at the history and philosophy of rock and heavy metal, really celebrating it, thinking that it's worthy of analysis and that it's often underappreciated as, you know, an intellectual and artistic pursuit. Filler tracks. That's a great topic. We might have to steal that one. (laughs) Go for it. Go for it. (laughs) I think, sorry, that really spoke to me talking about rock and metal as an intellectual pursuit. I mean, obviously you guys have got an entire podcast on it, so you know there's something there. But again, I think that's really unrecognized, both from a content perspective, lyrically, sonically how metal and and rock music is built you know you think a lot of it 
you can almost trace back to classical music and i don't think people recognize that absolutely and then finally from a cultural perspective as well um so these guys are on something so go check them out agreed yeah if you listen to there's a lot of stuff you can listen to and the first one that comes to mind is richie blackmore yeah just mm -hmm. completely co-ops things from the whole classical genre which i, I his music is so intelligent yeah, and just yeah. the the neoclassical guitar mm -hmm. movement that happened that thanks to people like Richie Blackmore and then Ingve and many others. Ingve, yes. Uh, how how that really just yeah it, it brings the complexity of the, the sonic musicality and then uh, you you throw in all these great lyricists and singers like Dio and others and it's it's amazing what they can do. Yep. All right, gentlemen, what have you been listening to this week? Anthony, what's been on your heavy rotation? Well, almost the same as last week. Lots of Sparks, lots of the new Ghost album, which I am still really digging. Um, the last track, uh, which is titled Res uh, Respite on the Spital Fields, is that... That was a slow burn for me, but this week it's been getting very, very heavy rotation. And nice. then... I've also been going a little post-punk and been listening to a lot of Killing Joke. Oh, week, nice. Which is not normally my type of thing, but there's mm -hmm. one track from their, I think it was 2008 album, um, called the, the track's called European Superstate. And that's just been really just going round and round in my head a lot this week. Hmm. So. Interesting. Cortland, what you been listening to? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Well, I always listen to Kiss or The Grateful Dead, right? Those are kind of my, I uh, talk to my, I can't say her name, the computer system that plays my music or she'll start talking to us. <laughs> uh, but anyway, and so, uh, yeah, so I always have that going, but I have been listening to, I've got to listen to a lot of The Cult, yes. and especially, especially this album, Live from 91, huge Cult fan. I want to come down to Atlanta and see them in a next month, but I don't don't know if I can do that. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so this is a nice CD that I missed out on a live show from '91. So been listening to that. Cool. Been listening to. Uh, I've just been on a big Halloween kick for the past like three nice. years. Uh, you, and, and, that's so funny because I just kind of went to revisit that a little bit myself this past week. Yeah. Well. It's funny you guys mentioned that because one of my bubbling unders for the topic we're talking about tonight was a Halloween song. As I well. almost put a Halloween song on mine too. That's <laughs> well, so and, funny. And that's actually uh, one of the reasons I ask about can we use live tracks because the uh, the live album they came out with in 2020, uh, the United Alive, mm -hmm. that version of Halloween that they open with is yeah. just phenomenal. So yeah, uh, yeah. So lots of Halloween. And then uh, a nice band out of Memphis, Tora Tora, uh, who really great guys. I, um, they're real active in Nashville in that scene and uh, really great with fans. But I grew up, I actually met these guys some point because my brother lived and worked in Memphis. But this was their last album. And this is typically in my car to throw in at, at any time. So uh, great stuff, Tora Tora, the Bastards yeah. of Beale. I haven't thought about Tora Tora in a long time. <laughs> They're out there. Uh, and uh, they actually, uh, Anthony, the lead singer, does a little weekly show on Sunday evenings where it's usually him uh, playing guitar outside. And so that's awesome. Oh, cool. 
That's really cool. So this week, uh, I kind of, in flipping channels around Sirius XM, I ran across a an interview that um, Eddie Trunk did, turned out five years ago, and I hadn't heard it before, with all three members of that second most famous power trio from Canada, Triumph. And I used to be an enormous Triumph fan in the 80s. So I've been on sort of a, a Triumph kick lately, um, just digging out all those albums and just revisiting all that stuff and stuff that I love so much. And had the song Allied Forces been the opening track of the Allied Forces album, that would have been the number one pick on my list tonight. But it is not. It's like track three or four. So... Um, and then the other thing is The Fix, another one of my favorite bands um, from the 80s, has a new single out. They did a they did a song, oh uh, God, it was earlier this year called something. I don't remember. I did not like it. Kind of boring, kind of, you know, ballad-ish and just didn't care for it. But this new one is called Closer and I'm really enjoying it. It sounds a lot like, it's like an updated version of classic Fix and been enjoying it a lot. So we're going to take a little break to promote one of our fellow podcasts, and we will be back with you in 30 seconds. See you around. At the 42Cast, we want to bring you everything, and that's why we've jam-packed the next few months with as much as we can. You not only get the same reviews, topics, and interviews that you did before, you also get screen reads where we compare a movie to its source material, or Role Models, where we talk about tabletop gaming. It's never been a more exciting time to check out our show. It's your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything, so why not check it out? We can be found on most podcasting platforms, and we are a proud member of the ESO Network. All right, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. We are talking tonight about our favorite opening tracks. So, opening track it can set the tone for the album that you're playing. It can sometimes be a complete diversion. It can be something that's completely different and, and sort of throw you a curveball. Or as Anthony once described on a previous show, it can be a statement of intent, a statement of intent. I love that. And that's, that tends to be the, the opening tracks that I sort of gravitate toward the ones that really come out with a hammer swinging a bat and just take no prisoners and tell you right up front, this is what's happening. This is what we're doing right now. So we're all going to be talking about our five ish favorite opening tracks ever. So court, you're our guest. Why don't you kick it off? What's your number five? Uh, so hard. <laughs> oh, I know. Trust me. <laughs> and I'll, and I'll say, you know, gosh, these, they're kind of in order, but uh, anyway, Oh, what to start with. So let me, I'll start with something that you might not expect. And this is Plain Song by The Cure yeah. on Disintegration. Yep. And so, I mean, those those three albums, especially Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me and Disintegration are just epic in their own right. But there's something about the, the intent uh, <laughs> that is created with plain song how it's this slow building it's sad it's depressing it's the cure right it makes me want to dye my hair black and you know uh, <laughs> right <laughs> put on eyeliner uh, and shave my beard and uh but that's that's what i like about a good opening track is it puts you in the mood yep 
of whatever that album's going to do. And so that's one of those songs that if I only have time to listen to, you know, one Cure song, right, I want to hear that. Uh, it's just such a good tone mm. setter. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great pick. And yes, one I wouldn't have expected from you. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I love this kind of stuff, though. You know, you get to talk about things that you don't necessarily normally think of. Yeah. So now, when, I will say when my wife hears me playing the cure, especially that she's like, okay, I'm going to leave the room. You're sad. You're moody. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe you should listen to something a little bit more upbeat. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I want to be sad. All right, Anthony, what's yours? So I had a real hard time narrowing this down. I actually have a 15 track long shortlist. Yep. That I then distilled down to five and those remaining five, and not really in any particular order. So I wouldn't say this is my okay. fifth favorite. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try and do a little bit of symmetry. There, there's a mix of genres here, but there are two tracks that are metal. So I'm going to try and separate them a little. Nice. And my first pick is going to be Judas Priest with Painkiller. Oh. Because there is no greater statement of intent than Scott Travis coming in with that fuck off massive drum solo. Mm-hmm. And then the guitars scream in. And yep. the band is just going full force between Rob Halford, who everyone has known up to this point what a voice he has. Mm -hmm. But he just comes in with a relentlessness on this track yeah. that you've never heard him have before. And this one track leads into an album that is more or less, there is one slower track, but aside from that one slower track, it is a full metal assault for 60 odd minutes or however long it is. Mm -hmm. And the only reason Touch of Evil is on there, aside from it being a killer track, is good God, if it was an hour of tracks as fast as Painkiller, you would probably have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There were a couple of Judas Priest tracks that I was considering for my list, and that was one of them. Yeah. I think so. that's the the quintessential album opener. Um, nice. Last time I saw them live, they didn't open with it. It was part of the encore. But... Um, very much very much could open a live show as well for that exact same reason that intensity mm -hmm. now can i ask anthony a question here yes sir in terms of metal i ran into the problem is like a lot of metal albums have little intros at the beginning of their albums right and so like yeah. judas priest with the little um Hellion. yeah uh -huh. and you're just like Oh, I want that second song, right? Is that all part of one or I can, I think it's part of one. I okay. think it's those two smashed together makes one track. Yeah. Unless there is a very audible pause between yeah. them, but if it literally <laughs> leads in, I would say like the Hellion slash electric eye. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I nearly considered uh, the first track well, technically the second track from the new ghost album. Um, mm. for that exact reason, it's it's Imperium and then Kaiserion. Um, but didn't quite make the list. Yeah. All right, so my first one is going to be a Metallica song. And um, it's one of those songs that is kind of short, to the point, punches you in the face. It's not necessarily my favorite favorite Metallica album, but it is a hundred percent one of my favorite Metallica songs. And so reload the album 
you drop the needle, and the first thing you hear is, Give me fuel, give me fire, give me fire, give me that desire. Yes, dude, love that so much. The adrenaline of that track, man, it just makes me punch my fist in the air. Yeah, so good. It's um, it's one of those albums that's a bit spotty, and yeah, <laughs> fuel is one hundred percent a statement of intent, right? But I feel the rest of the album doesn't always live up to it. I agree. There's a good album if you smash together load and reload and take out all the filler. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. And no matter which way you go, you got to open it with fuel. Exactly. Phenomenal track. <laughs> Since you mentioned Metallica, I thought yep. about Blackened because that's just an incredible mm -hmm. way to open an album. But uh, one of my favorite, and I would probably argue, I think, you know, sometimes I would say this is the greatest metal song ever is Megadeth's Holy Wars, The Punishment Do. Oh. Uh, <laughs> to me, that's, I mean, the whole Rust in Peace is such an mm -hmm. incredible album. And it, it starts with a really complex song that's just full of Dave snarling and Marty Friedman just destroying the guitar. So, yeah, uh, Holy Wars, The Punishment Do. I mean, it's, it's the gold standard in, in terms of that type of thrash metal. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's my, my, my pick. Nice. I remember as a teenager walking into a guitar store, and I, I was already familiar with the album and the track, but there was this guy who was just trying out a guitar playing that. And walking in, because I wanted to look at a bass I was eyeing up, I was like, holy shit, he's just going to town. <laughs> and it definitely wasn't Dave Mustaine or Marty Friedman. So it was just like really impressive seeing this like 22-year-old guy just shredding it up in, in a guitar store. Nice. Makes a difference from smoke on the water. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that yeah. the truth? Yeah, I had a friend who was he was going to do that for I think a seventh grade talent show, but but he decided that no one would know what it was, so he did Sweet Child of Mine, and I was just like, oh, he should have done Holy Wars. I mean, it was mm -hmm. wow. Forget those people. Right? <laughs> what right. do other seventh graders know in taste wise? Well, nothing, <laughs> <laughs> nothing. I'm going to go with the one track that's probably a little more mellow on my list and that is marillion with the invisible man which mm. opens their marbles album and that's i think it's around 12 minutes long and it starts off all moody and just kind of builds and builds before breaking out into this dainty little melodic guitar line before continuing to build up to a crescendo at the end it's that kind of typical prog over not so much overblown from a production standpoint, but overblown in terms of length that really just sets a wonderful tone and is filled with emotion. And I think it's the best opening track that that band has ever done. Mm. If you're a longtime listener of this show, you know that they're one of my favorite bands of all time. It was a no brainer to put it on my list. Wow. That's awesome. There was, I, I looked through my uh, Marillion and I, I, I never really settled on one for my list. So I'm glad and I'm not surprised to see them represented on yours. They That's nearly awesome. didn't make it. Yeah. Well, there's so many good ones to pick. I mean, this is such a broad topic. As I said, I had a 15 track long right. list. and. <laughs> All right. My next one is Queen. 
And it's from the, um, it, it's, you know, in what was it? 86, they did music for the Highlander movie and stuff got reused for the TV series. And so it's a kind of magic, great, great album. And One Vision, the opening song, I absolutely love. It's got all those queen hallmarks. It's heavy. It's operatic. It's complex. It's got amazing guitar work by Brian May. It's got uh, incredible layered vocals throughout it. Absolutely love it. I saw Queen back in what the last couple of years ago when they came through, and they did not play it, and I was so sad. But the sh I mean, the show was phenomenal. So you know, you don't really miss much by not hearing one of your favorite songs because they've played thirty-five other of your favorite songs. Um, but one vision, man, every time I hear it, 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 it gets me going. So there you go. Queen. Yeah. It's a good choice. Good choice. I love, and there's that documentary, uh, where they're doing the whole thing and they build up to that song, um, near the end and it's just perfect how it, it fits in there. So that's, yeah. a, I didn't even think about that one, but that's a good, and I'm singing really, in my head. <laughs> and what I really love about it is it has all of queen's trademark sense of humor as well you know it true after all of one vision it ends with gimme 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 fried chicken which <laughs> exactly never ceases to amuse me um, exactly and i'm a big fan of fried chicken so that's just another selling point for me we are a southern podcast <laughs> that's right. right on <laughs> three good old southern boys just that's sitting right. around with a big old plate of fried chicken i had fried South. chicken i had fried chicken today <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> and and horribly sweet tea. Uh, so mm. yeah. I'm from the South, South yeah. London. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> Every planet has a South. Right. <laughs> um, all right. So I'm gonna go um moody because now I'm I'm getting down. I, I think this is what my third one. Um getting down to the hard choice of, of some of these, but shine on you crazy diamond. Ooh. From Pink wow. Floyd. I mean, what a way to to open an album uh, with basically four notes uh, just spread mm -hmm. out over you know, ten minutes or so, or if you bring in the rest of the uh, the parts at the end. But yeah, it's just an incredible song. Uh, I never get tired of hearing it. Uh, just waiting that anticipation. It's it's such a such a great opening, Gr great representation of Pink Floyd and their ability to craft just beautiful beautiful songs and to find out i never knew this as when i was younger but there was the um, live in gdansk uh where they had a bonus cd or whatever and i guess they had uh, found a, a person playing wine glasses in the streets and so they brought him up on stage and david gilmore explains that that's how they did it in the studio was you know they had the wine glasses at the beginning and they're sitting there you know, doing the the tops, and I always thought it was a you know keyboard or something, but it's actually mm -hmm. the glass is the crystal, and so that's so cool. That's a good one, man. I haven't listened to that in a long time, but that is that is one of those albums that is perfect from start to finish. Every note of that album is stellar. Yes, yeah, absolutely. All right, so now we're going to go with one of my slightly more unexpected ones, and. I'm going to go back to the same motif, statement of intent. There you go. And 
from Marina and the Diamonds' second album, Electra Heart, I'm going to pick Bubblegum Bitch, <laughs> which is an extremely high energy track. Actually, there's some pretty good, slightly distorted guitar work on it. Um, but the entire album is all about these female archetypes that she has identified. And this one is the the kind of shallow, I'm in it for a good time. I'm going to use men and, and ditch them as soon as I'm done. And it's just a lot of fun. And it really reminds me of just kind of the like, frantic lifestyle that we all once had in the in the before times before we were all hit with the <laughs> pandemic and it's just a lot of fun uh, i've seen her perform it live a couple of times and it's every bit as fun live as it is on on the album so that's nice. my next pick that's awesome not surprised that she ends up somewhere on your list <laughs> and it's it's not the it's the first but not the last one that has some profanity in the title on my list <laughs> That doesn't surprise me either. <laughs> All right. So I'm taking a hard left turn over into the more soul era of the end of the spectrum. Um, sort of. This is from a Prince album, but it's kind of Prince's rock album. So when you think of Prince and you think of great opening tracks, the first thing that comes to mind is let's go crazy from purple rain and i almost went with that but one that i love even more is the title track from his chaos and disorder album it was um one of the last things that he did for and i think it may have been the last thing that he did for warner brothers when he was getting out of that contract and changing his name and you know writing slave across his face and all that kind of stuff um, and, and this album he did quickly, he did with a uh, sort of a stripped down band. Uh, it was basically guitars, drums, and bass with some keyboard thrown in. Um, and it was all done like super fast to get the contract fulfilled. And it has that rawness and that immediacy. And it's the whole album is really punch in the face, kind of urgent. And there's such great songs on that album. And it's one of those that, I mean, Warner Brothers didn't care about it, so they didn't promote it or anything. So it never really, you know, got the media attention that uh, it should have. But it's a spectacular album. So Chaos and Disorder from Prince is my middle pick. Love it. I I've got to say, I've never heard of it, but with the title like Chaos and Disorder, or should I say Chaos and Disorder, <laughs> it sounds like it should be a metal track. Right. I mean, it, uh, Pantera or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a great album. It's it's very rocky. It's sort of like funk rock. I'll Excellent. have to check that out. I, I highly recommend it. But, but the, the title song is a very straightforward rock tune. Fantastic. Well, you know, I, I considered Let's Go Crazy just because I love the the, the preaching that it begins. <laughs> With, <laughs> yeah, beloved. It's, yeah, it's just so great. And then it's a great song overall. Yep. yep. Um, so one I really struggled with here and I'll, is uh, Bob Dylan tunes because uh, he's had several. Uh, and I was really had a tough one between Tangled Up in Blue and Like a Rolling Stone because those are 
just two epic songs. And um, I mean, Tangled Up in Blue, the whole Blood on the Tracks is you know, the masterpiece. That that would be one of those Desert Island CDs as we were discussing. Yep. But um, I went with Like a Rolling Stone because it was the, the first song that I heard from Dylan uh, that, I mean, it changed my life. It was just a, a life altering. I didn't know you could do that with music. And so when you when you listen to Highway 61 revisited, it's a, it's a, one of those just great albums. Uh, mm-hmm. And to, and to start it off with like a Rolling Stone that just is, it's it's just so full of imagery and yeah, it's just a powerful meaning meaningful song that in my mind transcends uh, all things. <laughs> uh, and so uh, I decided to go with like a Rolling Stone from from Bob Dylan. So I'm going with the other metal entry on my top five, which is an Iron Maiden track. Now I think most people. If you think about Iron Maiden and opening tracks, most people would probably be drawn to Aces High. Yep. I think they would think of that as the quintessential Iron Maiden opening track. But if you know me, you know that I came to Iron Maiden with Brave New World in 2000. Little 12, 13-year-old me saw them perform The Wicker Man on top of the box. Oh, yeah. Mm. And that was... I think that was technically my second exposure to metal, but that was the first thing that made me, you know, ask my parents to buy me a heavy metal album and keep asking them until they gave in and bought (laughs) me the CD of what they assumed was horrendous noise. But I mean, again, like, like almost all of my tracks that I'm picking, it's high energy. It's from the album that saw the return of Bruce Dickinson to the band after two albums with Blaze Bailey. And to me, what this track really says is Iron Maiden are back, baby. If you know me, you know I love the Blaze Bailey era as much as I do the Bruce era because mm-hmm. I'm weird. But <laughs> I think there's you know a huge, huge thing that they are saying with that track and they are reintroducing the band to the world and saying, guys, it's it's safe to come and see us again. Come to our concerts. You, we've got the singer you like, and we're playing this high energy stuff that sounds like our old stuff. You're gonna love it. And uh, it's a little, uh, it's a little crass doing that. It's a little disrespectful to Blaze because some of his stuff was very good. But I see what they were doing, and it's a hell of an opening track. Both mm. again on the album and on the road. Yeah. And Adrian was back too, right? That was. Yeah. That's what I was always amazed, right? Most bands, I mean, look at Kiss where they're like, oh, we can only have these four members, right? And it's like, yeah. with Iron Maiden, they're like, screw it. Three guitarists, five guitarists, who cares, right? There you go. Um, yeah, and yeah, bring back Dennis Stratton while they're at it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I think Adrian coming back made sense as well because Bruce had him in his solo band. Right. I don't think what any of us were or what I say any of us, like I was actually into Iron Maiden when it was all going down, but I don't think what anyone was expecting would be that Yannick would stay when Adrian came back. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the results have been awesome. Yeah. I think. So this one is from 1986 also. And this is, um, this is from Peter Gabriel and mm-hmm. it's the opening track from the. So album red rain love this song so much um it's not quite it doesn't really fit the template of the other opening tracks that i've selected for my lists 
but um exceptional song uh it it's it sort of has um you know he was writing this around the time that he was doing things like the amnesty international uh benefit concert and talking about you know the execution of political prisoners and stuff like that and but it's also in addition to that it's also based on a dream this recurring dream that he had and it's something to do with people in the shape of wine bottles falling off a cliff and the red liquid falling out of them so it's like it's like a metaphor i'm guessing for you know institutionalized execution that's that's all i got but so a weird origin story but it's a fantastic song with a lot of really rich imagery um percussion work from stuart copeland of the police and just an amazing amazing song and um it's one of those that if i happen to catch it, it gets played on the radio sometimes it wasn't ever released as a single but um it does get picked up on like rock radio stations and stuff like that occasionally and i just crank it as loud as it'll go such an amazing song <laughs> down to my last pick <laughs> okay oh well well how about we do some honorable mentions okay. what were some of the ones on yeah. your list that that didn't make the list all right you want those now before the yeah, number sure. one yeah all right so hello hooray from alice cooper yep billion dollar babies i think that i mean to me that's it's even though it's not his song right it's a cover uh it's it's such a, a great song uh, i thought about rocks off by from exile on main street mm. the rolling stones yep. uh, to me that's just sets the mood of the entire album and uh, i thought about so what from miles davis really enjoy that uh just that kind of era that begins with that quartet. I can't remember if it's the quartet or quintet at that point, but uh, the kind of blue, that's a great album. Mm-hmm. Uh, Inca roads by Frank Zappa. It's, <laughs> it's all about the, the Incas and are they just merely a parking lot for aliens? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and of it, course. Yeah. I mean, and it, it's such a weird song. My son loves it. And which uh, it just goes on all these weird journeys and so i think that makes a great uh opener for on the album one size fits all uh, i thought about some paul simon stuff like the obvious child but, mm. but again that was more like the live uh, you know want that live yeah. version uh creatures of the night from kiss right uh <laughs> the title track opening track such a great statement of intent for that album um and then it came down to really do I do I go with Black Dog on Led oh, Zeppelin yeah. four? Yeah, I mean, because that was just life changing as as a young man hearing that weird kind of tuning up that happens and then Robert Plant screaming, <laughs> um, and then all the just oozing of sexual innuendo. Yeah, so those were all my honorable mentions. I'll hold on to my number one, or do you want me to go ahead and say it? Yeah, why don't you go ahead and say it? Okay, Uncle John's band. From the Grateful Dead, from Jerry right. and the Boys. Uh, that's such a masterpiece of Americana and capturing so many kind of features of the weird, amorphous, spiritual energy of the Grateful Dead all in, in one really great country rock tune. Nice. Wow. Very cool. I, did, I didn't consider any Grateful Dead for my list. Well, their studio albums aren't always that great, but uh, <laughs> uh you know, that, band, Box of Rain, those are some good opening tracks. Yeah. 
You know, they're a band I've heard a huge amount about, but I could not name a single song by them. And I think part of the reason I've never got into them is their back catalogue is huge. And I have no idea where to start. So if, Court, you have any recommendations, please message me. I would love to know where to start with them. Yeah, don't mess with their catalogue. I'll message you a couple of live shows that are available, and that's that's where the real magic (laughs) awesome look forward to that thank you (laughs) all right anthony all right so some honorable mentions um most of these are bands that you would expect maybe one or two that you wouldn't but uh porcupine tree with blackest eyes from their in absentia album yes which you know is one of my favorite albums of all time and that the way that track comes crashing in awesome Gonna go with King Crimson, 21st Century Schizoid Man. Ooh, I didn't think about that one. That's yeah, excellent. That very nearly made it. Um, wow. Because it's just, it's so bonkers. Right. Um, I remember being at the Marillion weekend um, back in 2009, and two of the, the band's um, support staff held parallel discos after the show one night. And so um, Lucy, the manager, did uh, like a pop disco and Stephanie, the um, the merchandiser, did a prog disco. And I went to the prog disco and she was like, I'm going to play this song. And um, if anyone can figure out a way to dance to this, I will be most impressed. <laughs> <laughs> so instead, we all just sat at the side drinking beer and just kind of nodding our heads to this absolute bonkersness that is that track. Brilliant. That sounds like a, a good prog disco. Yeah. Standing around drinking beer. <laughs> Deep Purple, Burn. Yeah. You know, you, you know my opinions on Deep Purple. I prefer Mark Three to Mark Two because I'm, again, a bit of an oddball and like to be contradictory. <laughs> but that, again, comes in, that guitar riff, both Glenn Hughes and David Coverdale singing uh, really, really sets the stage for that entire era of the band. Yep. Suede with So Young, a uh, brilliant brilliant band brilliant debut to put that debut album on and hear that as the first track and it's this neo glam rock with shades of bowie in it brilliant um speaking of bowie mm. little wonder oh that nice. that was on my long list and then the only other one i want to give a mention to because i think a lot of people probably haven't heard it is by a band called power quest who are a english-led power metal band kind of in the vein of 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 halloween or um i guess they're like a slightly softer dragon force is probably the best way of putting them but their opening track to their album neverworld also called neverworld is just it's again nine minutes of keyboard driven rock madness with (laughs) soaring operatic vocals double bass drumming it's just it's a joy to behold and it's one of those tracks that makes me so very happy (laughs) but my actual final pick for my top five and this might just be because i'm on a huge sparks binge right now and have been for the last few years ahead of going to see them tomorrow night but it is the opening track from their 2006 album hello young lovers and that track is dick around there you go which alan i know (laughs) you and i have talked about it on several times but it's like a you know a hundred vocal layer track of ron and russell male madness where 
Russell is singing at a million miles an hour and you've got these strings and guitar riffs and heavy drums coming out of nowhere. It It's real odyssey through about seven different styles over the course of the track <laughs> and how he ever performed it live without, you know, collapsing on stage from oxygen deprivation. I don't right. know, but I've seen the video and he has done it. <laughs> It's it's an absolute masterpiece, and I recently played it to a friend of mine who would not normally like Sparks, really not his type of music. And I said, "You'll probably hate this, but as a vocalist, you'll probably at least find it listen, uh, you know, interesting to listen to." And about ten minutes later, I get a text back that says, "That's the best thing I've heard in years. Thank you." <laughs> <laughs> so it again, is so bananas. Yeah, if you're not familiar with it, it's one hell of an opening track. Do go and check it out. All right. That's a surprise. I mean, I know you've been listening to a lot of Sparks lately, but I didn't expect them to end up on the list. Yeah, I nearly included tryouts for the human race as well. Cool. All right. Well, that's awesome. Okay. So, all right. I've got, I've got two that I was going to put on top of my list that, I were, that were going to be interchangeable because I figured one of you would mention one of them. So before we get to those, um, I've got a couple that are from debut albums that are, when you talk about statement of intent, these are the songs that it's the first thing you would have heard from a brand new band. And it came out saying, we are the next big thing. We are this, this is our first step out of the gate and we are going to conquer the world. And those are. Running with the Devil from Van Halen and Welcome to the Jungle, you know. So I'm not even a big Guns N' Roses fan, but I remember the, I worked, I was working at a record store at the time and we got a shipment in and there was this new album by this new band and the, the album cover was insane. And we were like, we have to hear what this is. <laughs> so we cracked it open and put it on the turntable and dropped the needle and welcome to the jungle comes out. And we were like, Holy smokes. We were like, it, I mean, it did exactly what it said. They are going to be the next big thing. And then they were, and I just don't think anything else that they really did kind of matched that. I, I just never got into them, but that song blew our minds the first time we heard it. So that's a couple. I didn't pick anything from live albums, but I almost went with the live version of We Will Rock You by Queen from Queen Killers because it's a completely different version. It's faster. It's uh, heavier. It's guitar driven. And um, it's, it's not anything they ever recorded in studio. It was the way that they would play it to open their shows. And it was a unique thing to their live show. So I almost went with that. Um, had a couple of Alice Cooper songs that were percolating in my head, but I, the one that almost made the list was brutal planet. Nice. Oh my yeah. God. I love that song. That might be my favorite Alice Cooper song ever. Nice. Love it. Uh, Anthony, uh, I, I'm surprised that you even on your uh, extended list didn't have lamb lies down on Broadway. Ooh, Ooh. Uh, so on my I didn't mention everything <laughs> on my long list. Oh, okay. But the Genesis track I had on there was Behind the Lines. Oh yes. Oh yes. Two great ones. 
man, I love it. And then another one that I was thinking of was um, a later Bowie track called Sunday, which is really dark, really ethereal, really kind of like soundscapey, just lush and rich and amazing. Um, so that almost made the list. I think I ended up putting uh, Red Rain in, in its place. And then, of course, I didn't put Lamb Lies Down because I didn't want two Peter Gabriel songs on the list. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got two that are list toppers for me. One of them I really, really thought would be on maybe both of your lists. Neon Nights. Yeah, yeah, I thought about that. It was yeah. close. Yeah. And then the other one, Court, you mentioned Creatures of the Night. So when you talk about statements of intent, both of these are like uh, Sabbath had just fired their lead singer. They are just coming off probably their weakest album so far. They're introducing a new singer and they come out with this album that just, I mean, immediately just punches you in the face and showcases their new lyricist slash lead singer in an incredibly strong way. Yeah. <laughs> and then on the other side with Kiss, they were coming off of three really divergent albums. They had strayed from their path for three entire albums. You had uh, Dynasty, which um, was sort of poppy and was led by the, the, the disco rock single I was made for loving you. And then you had Unmasked, which was kind of Euro poppy. And then you had Elder, which was their failed concept album. You know, the proposed soundtrack for a new fantasy film that never happened. You know, that album may have made more sense had the movie ever gotten made, but it never got made. And then so Creatures of the Night comes out and, you know, they are at a point where they have they have hit you know, not to play up the kiss puns, but they have hit rock bottom and they, they're like, if we don't Lick reclaim, if we don't <laughs> reclaim our audience right now, we're done. This is our last ditch effort. This is everything is make or break on this album. And you, I remember the day that I bought that album, brought it home, Took, I mean, first of all, the album cover was spectacular. You're like, that's what I want from a Kiss cover. Crack it open, put the record on, drop the needle. And you're like, it, it felt to me like it was, you know, 30, 60 seconds before the song started. Because the anticipation, I was like, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? And then that big, massive, thunderous drum intro. And I was like, holy shit. So those are my... Those are my two favorite opening tracks ever. And both of them um, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what mood I'm in. Doesn't matter where I am. Everything stops for those two songs. And nothing, nothing else, nothing else does it like those two songs. Hey, Alan, should they have taken off the makeup for that album? You know, that's an, yes, like they probably should have. If they're going to, if they're going to take that step, that's where they should have done it. You know, I guess that's the even bigger question is, should they have ever taken off the makeup? <laughs> I, 
you know, and the reason they did it is because Creatures came out and it was an amazing album, but it just didn't it didn't do for them what they thought it should have done because uh, it just didn't get the promotion that it needed to get. And they had yeah. so drastically lost their audience by that point that even an album that strong and that solid could not quite do it. So they had to do something that was big and bold and different and attention getting and ditch the makeup and the costumes. And that's what it took. Lick it up was a, a big hit, you know, had two songs that were, uh, that rock radio really embraced. They, um, got back in heavy rotation on MTV and that, that really changed everything. It was that taking that step. But I think had they known they were going to do it, that's when they should have done it with creatures, just come out the gate as a completely new band. I think that's an excellent choice because uh, Creatures of the Night's always in my head. And that was one of those things. My brother had the LP and I, I went in and, and found that and was just blown away. And this was before I knew all the history of Kiss. And it just instantly went to the tops of yeah. you know my favorite albums. I, I almost included Room Service uh, because I... <laughs> <laughs> Wow! Uh, uh, just because I love I love Dress to Kill so much, yeah, and that's such just a a cheesy what you expect from Paul Stanley, yeah, and uh, yeah, but it's still a fun it's still a fun song that I I really enjoy, and yep. yeah, I thought about it, but I was just like, no, there's just so many other great songs that um, could come before that, even though it's a personal favorite, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, another one that I was thinking of was Unholy from uh, yeah. Revenge. Holy smokes. That is an incredible album. Yeah, I think, I, you know, that's my problem when I start thinking about Kiss. I'm like, I could probably list all of the opening songs like King of the Mountain. I mean, that's one of my mm -hmm. favorite ones. Right. Um, right. Strutter. <laughs> you just start naming like all Kiss albums and then people are like, oh, it's a crazy, crazy Kiss fan again. Let me. Right. Well, I'll tell you, even from like Sonic Boom, Modern Day Delilah was a fantastic mm -hmm. song. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I could, we should just, you and I should just do a, like a rank of how great every Kiss opening track is. There you go. I could do that anytime. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious, before we hit the record button, and I know, Court, you already said which track it would have been, but we all mentioned Halloween. Mm, yeah, possibilities. Or well, that might mm -hmm. have been that when we started recording. I'm losing track of time tonight. <laughs> I'm curious, um, what was the track that you had? When I looked at Halloween albums, I said, well, you know, I love Walls of Jericho, uh, the album. And of course, it's got that little intro before Ride the Sky. And Ride the Sky is just incredible. So I thought about doing that, but I was like, oh, no, I, I, you know, I don't want to cheat and sneak in songs. But I think Ride the Sky is a great uh, opening track. I'm trying to think of, of some of their other opening numbers. I mean, I think if you look at those first three proper albums, mm -hmm. um, you know, you've got Ride the Sky on Walls of Jericho. Then you've got I'm Alive on Keeper Part 1. Yeah. And then Eagle Fly th Free on Keeper yeah. Part 2. Ooh. Yeah, that's good. The one I was thinking of... <laughs> was when they did the third Keeper album and they did The King for a Thousand Years. Yeah. Which is, you know, 14 minutes long. But again, it's pretty, it, it's got that longish 
acoustic intro and then it just builds into a crescendo and generally i don't like andy darris as much as michael kiesk as a vocalist but he really you know he sings his lungs out on that track and it's really left a lasting impression on me and is probably the only track on that album i really go back to but the fact that I keep going back to a 14-minute track says something about it. <laughs> right. Well, I always loved The Dark Ride, right? That was the album that kind of got me back into Halloween and Mr. Torture. Uh, and yeah. then just all over the nations, right? Those those two beginning tracks. It's just like, wow, this album just keeps, keeps giving. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> sorry, just a... a, a funny halloween story while we're on the topic and alan you may end up (laughs) cutting this when they did chameleon which um was possibly their worst album at least what everyone considers to be their worst album there was a track on there called windmill yeah yeah (laughs) i forget who but one of um one of the band got fired after referring to it as shit mill in an interview <laughs> <That's> <laughs> i will fantastic. never not laugh when i think of that story <laughs> so i really like out for the glory which was on their uh their last album where it's all the the pumpkins united right it, it even has that weird kind of interlude where the robots talking to the guy about you know getting drunk the night before and he needs to wake up and i'm just it's just such a fun song and you get all the singers in there which is just really nice so yeah i I thought about doing uh halloween but they yeah i was like my list is too long i have to stop (laughs) they're they're one of those bands that just have such a great sense of humor as well yeah they don't take themselves too seriously They're, they're like sparks in that aspect Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the things we discussed uh, when we did our Foo Fighters episode was the use of humor in music and how that attracts fans and I guess can turn them off too. But it's it's interesting bands that use humor effectively. And Halloween's mm-hmm. definitely one of them. Alice Cooper's one. Oh, yeah. I was also thinking of um, I'll See the Light Tonight from Momstein. From, was it, uh, it was from Marching Out. Was that the second album? Rising Force was first album, right? Yeah. And Marching Out was second album. Um, I'll See the Light Tonight was my introduction through MTV. Uh, oddly, MTV was playing stuff like Ingve Malmsteen at the time. Um, <laughs> but the, that was, uh, and I went out and bought the album because I saw the, the, the video. And I will never forget, um, they were doing the, the Band-Aid album. And, uh, you know, the, the big tribute song, you know, the, the benefit for uh, we are the world and all that. Yeah, oh. we are we are stars. Um, and I remember somebody asking him, so why did you use the J? Was there another Ingve Malmsteen in the business and you had to distinguish yourself from that one? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> that might be like John Smith, uh, where he's from. Was it Sweden? That's, that's true. I think Norway. He's Swedish, yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> that's, that's John Smith over there. If the doctor shows up in, in um the next episode, uh, he right. or she she'll say, uh, I'm uh, I'm Ingve. <laughs> wow. 
All right. So that's our wrap up of our favorite opening tracks. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Court, thank you so much for joining us. We really yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you'll have to come on again sometime. No, anytime. It's awesome. I mean, it's talking about music, you know. <laughs> so where can people find more about you and your podcast? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, the easiest way is to like us on Facebook. We're the, the Rock and Metal Profs, and that's short for professors on Facebook. And uh, we do uh, have a YouTube channel that I try to post content from time to time, interviews that I do from every once in a while, because I have some friends who are in the hip hop and um, they're producers. So I sometimes do some crossover stuff in terms of interviews, but yeah, our YouTube channel, Facebook, uh, we try to respond as, as soon as possible. So shoot us up, listen to us. Our podcast is available at, at most streaming services. Uh, so check us out. Tell us what you think. Suggest a show. Yeah. We just did Anthony. a two parter on Ozzy. Oh, there you go. All right, Anthony, where can folks find you? As usual, you can also find me on Watchers in the Fourth Dimension, where we are watching our way through Doctor Who from 1963 until now. At the time of recording this episode, we have just kicked off Season 10 with The Three Doctors. As always, you can find us on Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, blah, 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 all those good <laughs> podcasting places. <laughs> You can also find us on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at at Watches 40. Very nice. Very nice. I am on another podcast called Earth Station Trek. It is also part of the Earth Station One network. So you can find both this show and that show and a whole bunch of other really interesting shows on that network. Just look for Earth Station One uh, on uh, Facebook and Twitter and the web and all that stuff. And then uh, you can check out my little publishing company, cosmicpress.com. Find us on Facebook and all that other stuff too. So gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging out with me and talking about a great topic tonight. This was we, a lot of fun. It was. Yeah. So next time thank we'll you. have to do like favorite closing tracks. Ooh, got a fee for that too. Right. Or perfect album sides or something like that. All right. So we will be back in a week and we have a very special topic about women in rock. And we have a very special guest that's going to be joining us. We think we hope. Uh, so we'll let you know more about that when the time comes. Thanks so much. Have a great week. We will see you soon. And we are out of here. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.